Hey, and welcome to the latest issue of the Three Old Geeks podcast. I am joined once again by the usual suspects and sometimes unusual suspects, as I know Keith's going to say he's not usual. Uh, but yes, Keith. But wouldn't me saying that wouldn't that be usual? Actually, it would turn so the unusual becomes yeah. usual. Yeah. Anyways, you are the numbers guy, the keeper of the inner sanctum, and the evil genius. Yeah, right. <laughs> evil parts, right? Yeah, yeah, evil indeed. Uh, and then of course the man who's always wrong and with a hole in his collection, the dirty old geek, the clown prince of collecting, and the pictures guy. Brian needs one. Brian, how are you? I'm doing well today, sir. Thank you. Polite, Brian, today. I, I can be fucking polite. I don't think you can. I can. I just was. I just did it. I just proved it. Fuck you. <laughs> okay, now we're back. Now we're back. I thought this was a what? And of course, I am the world's oldest kid sidekick. I am the words guy. My name is Lance. And book him, Dano. Welcome to another issue. Let's start that over. I'm sorry, you were talking for so long that it just. Wow. Yeah. No, At least I'm, I was, I'm just gonna say it. I was gonna. I, it was interesting. Bitch. <laughs> you didn't say a word. He's like. Ah. All right. So for Does this edition want? of the world famous Three Old Geeks Top Three list. With 15 minutes on the timer. <gasps> Gentlemen, who are your three favorite television cops slash detectives? And go. Oh, you threw in the slash detectives. I, I had a feeling that we we're, were going to... I now have a Lance. Um, oh, I have no detectives. Number three for me. Uh, easy. From my childhood, from my youth. Uh... Dragnets and Joe Friday. You bastard. You fucker. <laughs> you bastard. Son of a bitch. Oh, what happened to... Oh, you're not going to have any of that on my list. That was my number one. That was my number one. We really? Do, we gotta do, now we got to do a deep dive on, on Dragnet. Okay. I am willing to. Uh, I don't know that I'll watch the movie. Oh, I watched the movie. The movie was fun. I saw it. We could at least pick five, five episodes or something like that. Yeah. Or something. Because I didn't know you guys were big... Dragnet guys either. That's he's my number one actually. Oh, I I didn't know he was he's my number top, three. He's on top of my list. He was my number three. Absolutely the. I mean, like the, when you talk about like the guy, like the LAPD, like retired his badge number. He was like a, he was a real advocate for him. He, he and he always oh, yeah. struck me as like a, a real cop. Yep. You know, like he just, you know, he had the best voice. No nonsense. Just the best the voice of any cop ever. Yeah. Just I would, facts, I would listen to that. That's the facts, man. <laughs> no emotion. Ah. Well, no, that, I mean, and that was truly the first. I mean, and you think if you think about that, he had that on radio in like the the forties and fifties. Oh, I didn't, I know, didn't that. know that either. So that's Joe Friday's been a character on TV and, and media for a really long time and stuff like that, and you know, based on actual true events and cops used to write scripts and like, no, that's a that's a that's why he's my number one. I, I just, always admire Jack Webb. I just oh. like the day Friday, so I went, oh, Joe Frat? No. <laughs> I, uh, I just went with, um, I just went with my gut on that one. Okay. All right. Went with the detective's hunch on that Now one. I'm going to try to steal his number one. Okay. No, number you can't steal my number one. He already his, stole His number it. one. Okay. We, uh, no. 
I'm going to go. It's not his number one. It's probably his number two. I'm going to go with uh, Policewoman's Pepper Anderson. Oh! oh I didn't, didn't even think, think of her. Oh, how'd you, oh you sexy bastard. And you know bastard. what? <laughs> you know what? That's <clears throat> I loved her. Angie great. Dickinson. It was a great oh my show. Yeah. Fucking God. Yeah. Oh, my God. Was that on your list, too? No. Oh, okay. You're sexy, It was too. a great show. It was that a was great show. That was fun. Yeah, yeah, that was... Uh, it was, it was like prior to Wonder Woman and everything. It was yeah. prior to like women, powerful women characters. Yes. Prior to six million dollar woman too. Oh yeah. So, too bad she wasn't a cop. She it was the woman. bionic woman, not the six. She wasn't. She oh, don't she forget. She's only million. like she was only she, seven eighths of of the you she, know whatever that is. She's only like three point two million yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, well, I gotta go with the guy who. Uh, See a holds, guy sexist. No. Who holds the record for the uh, most crossover appearances by a single character? And I'm gonna go. He started off on actually one of my favorite TV shows of all time. He started off on Homicide: Life in the Streets, and that's John Munch, Richard Belzer. Oh, uh, he has been on Sesame. There's been a a Muppet of him. He has been in comic books. Uh, he has been on numerous other police shows. He obviously migrated to SVU. Um, he was a guest star on the, one of my favorite episodes of the X-Files and, uh, something where he's been playing the same character for 25 years and only Mariska Hargitay has played a character for longer or something like that. So, uh, but the always entertaining Richard Belzer. No one to hire him for anything else. I get it. Go. Oh. Number two, Mr. Magoo. <clears throat> so, um, I'm glad you brought that because I had forgotten that show. Wait, 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 wait. I, I got to pump the brakes here for a second. What's number two, Mr. Magoo? <laughs> I'm oh, God. I'm sleep deprived. Yeah, yeah, you are. I'm sorry, Brian, go ahead. Thank you. Wow. Uh, so uh, I'm pulling a lance on this one. I'm actually pulling a lance on my next two. Uh, but this one, because we mentioned detectives, and it's funny, uh, because this would be the only detectives that I have on my list. Uh, all the others are TV cops. Uh but the TV cop uh, from a slew of Broadway musicals where he got his start to Law and Order, Lenny Briscoe. Oh, Lenny Briscoe. Yeah, Lenny Briscoe. I, I almost thought of him as low-hanging fruit. Like, if you want to talk about, like, the Jack Webb of the modern day, like, he, <laughs> yeah, yeah. he's one of the, you know, they retired his badge number, the cops would give him a ride home, you know, give him a ride home from the theater and stuff like that. He, all the NYPD guys thought, said he was, he was a real cop, you know? Yes. Uh, and, yeah, I might have considered him unlike, or not unlike Joe Friday, should have been low-hanging fruit, but. You didn't call it, so... Yeah, I didn't call no, any low-hanging fruit. No, so. there was no low-hanging low fruit in this one. And then my detectives, because I'm going to throw in the detectives, because now I got to. And even though it's only number two, so that'll tell you. And Homicide Life on the Street doubled my, my number one, uh, because then I remembered. But, uh, of course, Charlie's Angels. Of course, I'm going to say it. you got to uh, say it. You know what, and you, you can go with the Jiggle TV and, and how funny that was. What I do remember most is that my mother was so excited for that show to come out. And in those days, and you guys probably remember, the circling in the TV guide, the shows that you wanted to watch, because you only got that one shot. Uh, but when, when Charlie's Angels was coming on, 
she was so excited. It was a show fronted by women. It was a big deal. They were law enforcement. Uh, she also loved um, Angie Dickinson, but um, so that's that's my memory. I remember watching the first episode of that when it came out because my mother. So are we gonna have the the rankings on the? Uh, no, we only have fifteen minutes. Okay, okay. Uh, that, so that's a conversation unto itself. Separate... That is, that okay. is. But all I'm gonna say is Farrah Fawcett. Well, we knew you were well documented, Farrah yeah, Fawcett. Yeah, yeah. That was a hard one to guess. Yeah, yeah. Cheryl Ladd. You might as well third. <laughs> I'm not going to have time, but my unpopular one would be Kate Jackson next. Oh. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. Okay. Um, mine is a, a very dedicated officer of the law who took care of his city like nobody's business. It's going to be Barney Fife from Mayberry. I fucking forgot about Barney. <laughs> How do you forget about Barney? How do you? That was such a great. Character. I wonder what the podcasting equivalent of "You only get one bullet and you have to keep it in your shirt pocket" would be, because I'd apply it to you, you guys. Definitely. If you only have one bullet, you can only shoot one of us. I'm okay with that. <laughs> I like those. You should eyes. only give us one whore per episode. <laughs> <laughs> wow! Oh. It's not even in the. I'm, okay, <laughs> Brian, you win this. You win this time. You win. So what's your just, number just, two? That's all, that's all you have to say about the great Barney the fight? Great, what, what can't you say about him? He kept May, Mayberry safe. Nip it in the bud. That's the only, only thing I can remember. He was a ladies' man. Oh, yeah, he was. Mary Lou. Oh, yeah, he yeah. was. Yes, he was. And then he was replaced by just a shitty one. I don't remember. I don't count that as being existing. I no. But how do you replace Don Knotts? So... Who's your number two? My number two is from a British program called Life on Mars. Yes. Yes. Uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar. I didn't know that you guys were familiar with it. Yes. But, yes. Uh, for anybody who isn't, it is a modern police detective who gets hit by a car. He wakes up in 1973 Manchester and uh, does not know if he is dreaming, if he is dead, or if he's actually time traveled. And um, it's like this, you know, typical 70s stuff, but the boss of the, the Nick, if, if you will, is a guy by the name of Gene Hunt. And he is the absolute baddest ass, 70s style, smoking and drinking and beating confessions out of suspect cops. He is absolutely one of my favorite TV characters of I'll all time. I'll put the U.S. version up against that with Harvey Keitel. Harvey Keitel did not hold a can. The guy's name was like Glenister. I think it's something Glenister. I watched the American version. He does not hold a candle to this. Um, there's there's no American version that that beats the. Uh, but the main character in that, whose name escapes me right now, Sam Tyler, was the uh, master in Doctor Who. Yes, 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 he was. Yeah, he's a pretty well-rounded uh, yes. British character actor. Yes. But yeah, no, absolutely like old school, like like a 70s detective. Like we have this nostalgia for 70s detectives and this yes. is probably what a real 70s detective was like. Yeah, I was, preferred uh, Harvey Keitel to him. We'll okay. talk after the second. Okay. <laughs> so my number, uh, my number one, and this is no secret amongst the group, uh, but I did, uh, I did actually because of the homicide life on the street. And I'm going to bring him up first, which is... Uh, 
Andre Brower's character, Frank Pemberton. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, absolutely just in awe of that character. Congratulations, Brian. You, you stole my number one and you stole my backup. Oh! I'm good. Yep. And you, you lanced it to do good. that. You lanced no, my fucking yes, list here. I did. I, and it's only because Lance reminded me of that show. And as soon as you said it, I went, oh, my God, I love that character. Getting Pemberton in the box. Oh, that was just the yeah. and his voice. That was the yeah, first time Andre, I ever saw Andre Brower. Just a, yeah. he's a wonderful actor, and they gave him a great character. Oh, and then they yeah, and then they fucked with him later on, yeah. and oh, he did so well with that. And then of course my number one uh, all time favorite number one TV cop ever, Barney Miller. It's fucking Barney Miller. I have been watching that recently, and what if I, I I was reading something I was reading up on it or something, and they basically said at the time. Most New York cops said, this is what it's really like. It's goofy. It's silly. You know, it, it's not all these, you know, murders and stuff like that. It's it's like that's what working on the detective squad room is, is really like. But and then they did when Jack Sue died. I just watched that episode. It's it's moving. It really yeah. is. Yeah. Uh, what a classy show. What a great show. Um, they don't make them like that anymore. They don't. They don't. Uh, they won't. They won't. Uh, which is unfortunate because because they can't. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they get canceled. In <laughs> quotes. Yeah. Okay, your number one. Uh, my number one. Uh, I I I didn't watch Life on the Street, so I feel deprived. You can borrow my disc if you want. I, yeah. I might, I might have to do that because I've seen show. a couple here and there, but I never watched it regularly. I don't know what I was doing at that time, but I was not watching that. Um, I'm going to go with uh, NYPD Blue. Uh, Anybody on the show, maybe? Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, what's his name? Becker. Uh, Mad Dog Mick. Yes. What's his name? Not uh, NYPD Wells. Blue. Well, that is Hill Street Blues. I would say Hill Street Blues. That's what I meant. Hill Street yes. Blues. Did I say NYPD Blue? You did say NYPD okay. Blue. That, that, that's an also rant. That's Hill Street Blue. Hill Street Blues. With the sergeant. 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 Yes. Y'all be safe out there. So, what is your number one now that he killed uh, uh And I'm sorry, I, I'm also not a cop, but uh, Veronica Hamill in that show. Oh, my God. Counselor? Yeah, she was She's not a cop. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. No, everybody, like, Hill Street Blues is another one, like, top to bottom. Like, that's a, that's a hard one to argue. In, in the early seasons, it's, it's pretty hard yeah, to argue. Yeah. Uh, beautifully written. Excellent cast. I love the fact that it was, like... Never, they, they never, it was just a city. They never said it was Pittsburgh or Chicago or New York or whatever. I just, I always thought that was interesting. All right, well, uh, man, you've, you've paired it, Brian, you've decimated uh, him. You've decimated me here. But uh, in watching the recent Barney Millers, uh, I got to go with, uh, I mean, the resident geek. Oh, uh, um, trick. Yes. He was, um, the first TV character I remember, like, being like, oh, he's going to say something. You know, like, he's going to say something interesting, and then he's going to have this great joke to, like, you know, to, to do, like, a punchline or something. Like, he'll have to explain something about, you know, ancient Egypt or biology or something like that. And, and then he's like, but that, that, you know, then he say something like, yeah, but that's just me, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, no, absolutely. Uh, and, and, again, you're t- we're talking some of the great 
policed uh, shows of all time. So that I mean, there's a reason that they're great. That they're usually an ensemble cast that's really good and stuff like yes. that. I mean, Barney Miller. It's like hard, you, you can't really. I mean, there was like one guy in Barney Miller. He was on for a couple episodes. He was a younger guy that I vaguely remember. That it was like the only cast member that I was like eh, that guy was all right. But like everybody else was great. You know, it's funny because you mentioned Ron Glass, who yeah. I love. Yes. I don't remember his detective what, name. Washington. Was his last name Washington? No. No, it wasn't. No, it that's was... uh, Welcome Back, Connor. Oh, I said, okay. Um, Freddy Boom Boom. Oh, God. Yeah. No, that was... I just, I literally just watched this on Friday. Uh, Harris. Ron Harris. Harris. Okay. Uh, but I see him on Serenity. Yes. And then go... He's from Barney Miller. Yeah. And I can't yeah. ever get away from he's and, from Barney and Miller. Again, a, a character that evolved over the course of the like that was the interesting thing about Barney Miller is that those all those characters like they stopped they ended at a different place than one where they started with maybe the exception of Moja Hoitz or whatever. Alright, that's our top three favorite TV cops. Let us know what yours are. Alright, so this week we are joining the cult of number 32 on the ringers list of top cult movies. We are joining the cult of Super Troopers from 2001, directed by J. Chandra, uh, Chandra Sekar, written by the Broken Lizard comedy troupe, and uh, starring J. Chandra Sekar, Kevin Heffernan, Steve Lemmy, Paul Soder, Eric Stolhansky, and surprisingly, Brian Cox, who was the last person I expected in this movie. Wait, wait, there's someone else less expected. Linda fucking Carter's in this movie. Yeah. Yeah, for like five minutes as Doesn't the governor. Ma- oh. <laughs> okay. But you didn't uh, And she didn't her. save it, so. She didn't save it. No, she didn't. So this is a wacky cop comedy. Feel the enthusiasm coming out of it. I, I'm sorry. Uh, this <laughs> Wacky, was cop comedy. This was thingy. not. Uh, this was not my cup of tea, as the the old saw goes. I thought that the uh, the first five minutes of it with the kids in the car was just gold. Was just gold. And I thought it yeah. was. Yeah, no, no, just with the kid licking the window. <laughs> I thought that and that was like the obvious thing. That was just like he's just doing the obvious, like I'm high thing or whatever. I just, I no, the schnozberries taste like schnoz. That made me laugh. That literally made me laugh. Okay, and could you eat this? Could you eat this? Could you? And then the cops screwing with them. I thought that that well, was... Well, that's the whole... Pr- that, that seems like that was the running gag, was that these are the uh, guys in a local state trooper post or whatever, and the only thing that they did was fuck with people that they pull over. That was, like, the premise of it. It seemed like there was no real crime. There was nothing... They're implying it's Vermont or whatever. Yeah. There's no crime. There's no real anything... Uh, so what they do to pass the time is mess with, with people. people. Yeah. And, uh, come up with creative ways to do it. Yeah, it seems like they had a whole repertoire, like, well, do you want to do the, the double or the follow me or... Yeah. And they had the meow. The and, repeat. Yeah. The repeat, the, yeah. The repeat and the meow and, uh... And I did like that there were points where the guys were like, you know what, let's not do this. Let's just take this one well, straight. One guy did and the other... And then they would they would screw with them, 
You got a little uh, full frontal fat guy nudity. Covered in powdered sugar. That you don't need either. Heffernan, Heffernan. Heffernan. No. I, no. Uh, no, no. There were some obvious gags in it. I just, it just seemed like a, if you take the worst police academy and made it worse, then you'd have this. I know. I yeah. thought that there was just some funny when when they two they're meeting undercover at the restaurant. Oh, the whole biker gag. The biker gag that was funny. Oh, biker! I get it. <laughs> Come on, he's wearing the helmet. And she walked in. I went, oh, I get this. I. <laughs> it made me laugh. You know what? It was sophomoric. The, it was the, the doof gets a girl. Yeah. Oh, the German couple. They were fun. The German couple were fun. They were fun. I, I I give you credit on that one. They were funny, and and they ended up you know have swinging with the guy that like the the the, the probably the director or whatever. But uh, they ended up swinging with the guy. I did not expect him to be swinging. You know no. what I'm saying? That was yes. a, that was a funny bit. Yes. And uh, I can say that the two things that made me laugh were, yeah, I'm more like a civilian trapped in the body of a cop. Oh, here they have an operation for that. Now. Yeah, that was funny. And then. The they they tried when they did the phonetic alphabet on the radio and it was so, always something goofy like <laughs> it's God eunuch you know it that that made me laugh. Other than that, I did not think this movie was funny. I can tell you laughed more than me already. I I found it to be a hoot. I I, uh, I tried watching this years ago and got about thirty minutes into it. And I can't and and now I I watched the whole thing and I went I shouldn't have I just. Went on a little long. Uh, they, they had, Broken Lizard had a movie called Club Dread, I think, which yes. was better, maybe. I think I remember, I remember watching that whole thing. This one, like I said, I watched the first half hour. And maybe because I was never a stoner, I never got into any of this stuff, I don't get Oh, that could be. Yeah, this strikes me as it probably would be funnier if you, this This is probably a cult movie because this is probably one you throw on when, when you, you're high. Yeah. When you're high. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Because this... Uh, there were things in it. Okay, and it's I been a enjoy- long time since I- I've been high. Uh, there were still things in it that I found to be. Just, I don't hilarious. know. Maybe it just I, caught me in the wrong mood or something like that. I just, just fucking didn't hilarious. do anything for me. Just little things like the guy walking, and then they throw the banana and he ding and he ding ding and then he goes and then a fire extinguisher comes. Oh come on, that was funny. Oh, I thought that was great. I just. Did not uh, at all. Uh, this will be the only time I ever watch this. I can I can respect that. I have not watched Super Troopers two. I will not watch Super Troopers two. It's not on the list, so yeah, I ain't watching it. And and, and <laughs> it, it it seemed like again. I thought this spawned Reno nine one one, and I thought I I was not a huge fan of Reno nine one one. But I will watch all the Reno nine one one ones before I'll watch this again. Yeah, I love. I actually liked Reno one one nine one one, and that was far superior to any of this. I thought Reno nine one one was absolutely brilliant, absolutely brilliant. So obviously, if I thought nine one one that highly, uh, number four, could you step forward? Chim chimney, chim chimney, chim chim charu. Oh my God. I fucking cried. Or throwing a cat in there. Air conditioner. I be it, it, I will def- guess sort of defend this movie. I was up till like one thirty in the morning watching this last night. 
after free comic day, so I was tired and it went on a little long. It was a little one note, but I thought it was fun. Just thought it was fun. That's right. what makes the world fun. Everyone has different opinions. Yes. All right. So You're speaking of different wrong, opinions, like what was up. your uh, what was your star rating on this one? You know what? I would give this a solid three and a half. Yeah. Uh, I give it uh, a weak one and a half. Split it. Come on, split it. You like splitting. Nah, I'm not going to split it. I'm going to say uh, two-star movie. Oh, you did? Good, good. Oh, my God. Wow. No, Sorry, no. not not enthusiastic about this one. This week we joined the cult of Super Troopers. I don't know if we're ever going to join this cult again. At least I'm not. All right, so for this week, uh, a movie that people also watch is a continuing saga of Angel. And this one is Avenging Angel. It is from 1985. Once again, directed by Robert Vincent O'Neill and written by Joseph Michael O'Neill and Robert Vincent O'Neill, starring Betsy Russell, Rory Calhoun, Robert F. Lyons, a surprising appearance by Ozzie Davis, a quality actor in a kind of B-movie, and Susan Tyrell reprising her role as Saul. And uh, I don't recall a tone shift between sequels as extreme as these two, as Angel and Avenging Angel. Because Avenging, because Angel was almost like they were trying for the exploitation kind of grindhouse. Like I said, the, the dirty fucking after school special. This was almost like Porky's or something like that. You didn't have the level of nudity in it that you had in the first one. Which was I, a little disappointing. Though, the one... The first one with the serial killer, that was like, I think that was... One of the better darker. serial killers I remember. Yeah, yeah. I know. Seeing it was a much darker film. Much well, okay. This there was the tone shifts in this movie were like, like it went from okay, well, let's you know have this this old you know <clears throat> jalopy car that sounds like speed buggy, like the you know, and then like throwing the bucket of water, and the guy slides out the. The window. window, and that was kind of wacky, and then, and he slides down the window of the car, and Johnny Glitter's all honking the horn, because this is the guy that killed every, and then you have a, a gangster threatening to drop a baby off of a three-story balcony. Yeah. I, I just, I, I, I did not, I mean, th- th- this movie can be enjoyed on a level, I just didn't enjoy it on the same level as the original Angel. I think the shift makes the, the baby dropping threatening even more serious i think when you go from slapstick to to you know i never felt the baby was in danger no i ne- there was never there was never any tension because rory was down there uh there was carson, never... carson was down there and, the... <laughs> and the catching of the baby and the catching of the baby uh, why? that's why i never feared pitt was there the uh, the only thing that I saw redeeming in this movie really was um, a I like the characters so it's always fun in a sequel to see characters. Okay, and help me out here. Like she she lived with Saul. She hung out with Kit Carson. Oh, do you remember me? It was like what? She looked way different. Like, but it was four years later. And four years can be a long time from 13 just, to 17. I, which you, is, you literally... Oh, no, she's 15, no, 15 to 19. 19 yeah. You literally watch people... She's becoming a lawyer. ...die together, 
And you're not going to remember... Oh, I, just, I, I didn't recognize her. First of all, they threw in a couple of things that I thought were funny. There was a reference to Tomboy. And I thought that the uh, Do You Recognize Me was really kind of a, a slap think, cause, at... Cause, yeah, it's a oh, different they actress. changed it was a the different actress. actress. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Said, okay well, no, and, and then, in a meta sense, okay, I'll, I'll spot you that one then. Okay. Because wasn't Betsy Russell in Tomboy? Tomboy? I don't think so. Who was in Tomboy? Because they mentioned Tomboy. Oh. I don't think... It may be it. But yeah, it, it, I, that's what I took it as, because it was such a different look that you re, don't you reckon? Oh, okay. Okay, so more of a kind of an in-joke yeah, type yeah. of thing. Because the act, other actors were the same actors, so... The fact, well, the cop wasn't the same. Well, the cop, but he didn't ask... She didn't ask him if he recognized him. She was living with him. So I, what I'm saying is when she talked to the actors... The same actress from the first movie. She said, "Do you re- don't you recognize me?" Okay, no. Now I get the joke. Now I yeah. get the joke. All right. Yeah, you're right. The, the, yeah, the Betsy Tom- Russell was in Tomboy. What, what? Okay. And they and and then when they were shooting, they the guy the one of the mobsters says, "Who's shooting at us?" And the other guy goes, "All I saw was a tomboy." <laughs> wow. So I, I didn't think, even catch that one. Yeah, no. I thought that that was funny. I don't know if I've even seen Tomboy. I have seen Tomboy because it's Betsy Russell. And so, again, the redeeming part of this film was Betsy Russell. She can't act worth shit. She <laughs> is fun to look at. Um, okay, did she really need to go undercover as a hooker? No, that made no sense to me. <laughs> they won't talk to Molly, but they will talk to Angel. <laughs> Are you fucking, you're still, you're putting on Gucci skirt? No, they're not talking to Angel. Uh, but they had to throw in the 13-year-old. She can't be more than 13. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then in the situation that was way too, that's way, she's way in over her head. Uh, with the, I'm gonna stick things in your butt, gangster. (laughs) Uh, the story on this was not thought through. The first angel, uh, for as much of a B-movie as it was, Really had an intriguing serial killer. Really had it was dark. Yeah, there was nothing dark about this one. No, no, they they um, they, they this one was uh it was definitely a departure from the first one. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm excited to see the third one. I, I just the, the shift in tone. I got to is this is the third one going to be a complete slapstick comedy or it's set in space. You're kidding me. No. no. He, is kidding. <laughs> he is kidding you. Oh, you got my hopes up there. <laughs> Hookers in space, space. You know, the fact that you thought it might have been <laughs> tells you yeah, something about Tells this. you about how jarring this shift was. Still, it was a fun little movie. I, I didn't. It's hard to, to see them being the same movie. Yes. And. Okay, did anybody else was. I hate to say it, but there was a creepy vibe with the cop. There was a creepy vibe in the first one, and then he keeps the creepy vibe up with the second one. Where you want to buy this guy as a father figure, but the the really bad, like the porn stepfather, is what he kind of comes off oh as. My, I didn't, I, that, I didn't get that, yeah. Oh, I did. I just got a creepy feeling through the whole thing. You watch more porn than us. Uh, I do. And... um. And they dropped the boyfriend. Yeah, they did. They dropped the boyfriend on like yeah. the first act or whatever. Yeah, they they make a big deal out of him, and then they just don't bring him up again. 
Yeah, I thought he was going to be like the go-to, like the lawyer or something like that. Like and... when she gets arrested, he shows up to bail yeah, her out. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and at least you could get the exposition. It. W- yeah, this was. You know, this came out the same year as Tomboy. It's funny that they threw that in. Yeah, yeah. And uh, being the music and movies guy, this had the. For the content of the movie, this had the worst soundtrack. Like, they literally had this happy 80s song when the gangsters are shooting up, like, somebody's house. Yeah. It was really, like, I it just, it really threw me off, you know? Yeah. I was uh, looking for some Partridge family. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? I am, I am all about gratuitous nudity. You are all about the gratuitous nudity, and there was very, very little There gratuitous. was very little, and, and what they did do, I actually thought was wasted. It was basically a shower scene, as I see. Yeah, I, it wasn't the cop at the beginning. Like there was, I like, I like gratuitous nudity, but I like to at least have a purpose. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, then it's not gratuitous. This was literally gratuitous nudity. There was no reason that they had to show this police woman taking a shower, other than the sake of showing a woman naked in this movie. That and that's it. In the first movie, all of the nudity occurred in the locker room. So at least you could tangentially tie it together, as I, then it's. It, I felt bad for this, but police. it was gratuitous. It was gratuitous in the first movie. They never showed a hooker naked. <laughs> yeah, actually, they the, did. The one he killed. The one. The one oh, he the killed. One he the killed. Room where she was uh, what's her name's daughter? Uh, yeah, McGavin's daughter. Yeah. Uh, that one. Yes, you do see the boob. Uh, but the majority of the nudity. Uh, was all gratuitous. It was all in a locker room. It didn't need to be there. You could have had those scenes anywhere. So it was gratuitous, but at least it went with the story. There was no reason outside of this was an incredibly attractive a- uh, actress. To get with people not to leave the theater. The, the largest breast. breasts. I know. I don't know how she fit with her bulletproof vest. Uh, yeah. It wouldn't... It wouldn't... <laughs> You can't even do that. You can't sw- even sweating bulletproof vest sizes they, over they, here. They shoot straight up at you're going to have a lot of overhang with those. But <laughs> but you got wings. Um, I'm just saying for even me that was gratuitous. There, there was no purpose there was no for program. that. There was nothing, and and you could have gone through this whole movie with no nudity. Yes, you could yes. have absolutely gone through this movie with no nudity. Uh, it would have been nice if they sexed up Betsy Rutz a little bit. That's what Tomboy's for. She went from uh, from wearing like uh, 80s office clothes to 80s loungewear, <laughs> beachwear. <laughs> but you're still buying them both at Target. I do have to say, uh, I was in high school when the skirts with the two zippers... Yeah, were uh, were popular the mainstream, and I literally saw a guy in the grab a gal and zip up both both of them at the, like essentially de pants this poor gal, uh, using the skirt with the two zippers like that, and it was like literally one of those like jarring moments of my childhood where I was like, what the fuck, you know, and and that that I I could not get that that out of my head, but that's a completely personal issue or whatever. So not anymore, <laughs> not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but you, that doesn't make the broadcast. <laughs> I, I do not cut my own stuff. There is, there is so much I want to say about that. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to. I'm going to stick to the movie. I, the characters did not 
they were not the same characters from the first movie. Well, I mean, all the bit player. I mean, Saul and Kit Carson and... Saul is hard to change because she's already a caricature. Yeah. yeah. Um, except that she becomes a mother because the hooker left her baby. And, in in and, lieu of rent? In lieu of rent and then died. There was a lot in this movie that they, they tried too hard with. They, I think they crammed too much in Yeah. I, where at least there was a natural flow to the first movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The first movie, as far as as far as Grindhouse stuff goes, was a far better Grindhouse movie than this. This yes. was almost like Grindhouse meets Airplane or something yes. like that. There's some it's just weird comedic elements to this. Yes. All right. So not as good as the first one. What is the uh, what was the star rating on this one, boys? The movie also came out the year after, so they put this one together fast. Yes, and the original actress uh, they wanted too up, much money. Yeah, wanted too much money. I'm just saying that, that when you put something together that fast, you're not going to come up with a great script. Yeah, that's true. That's true. All right, not a great script. What was the uh, what was the star rating on this one, boys? I'm going to give it a two. I'll give it a two and a half. Wow. That's you raise it up to half. You know what? I'm going to raise it to a two and a half, uh, only because of the gratuitous nudity. <laughs> That I didn't think needed to be there, but since it was, you have to figure it in. And Betsy Russell. Ah. Uh, uh, <laughs> is he going, oh, he's he's trying to fight no, his urge to I'm go not, I, uh, between. He's going to go lower. It's, it's I don't know. It's, do I, it's, to me, a, a two and a half star movie is a completely average movie. This was a little bit below average, so I'm going to say a two star movie. Okay. All right. That is Avenging Angel. A movie that people also watch, and stay tuned to next week where we do the third, what is it, Angel 3 or whatever? Yeah. Angel 3. Let us know what you think. <clears throat> All right, so for this week's edition of the world-famous Three Old Geeks Top 3 lists, in celebration of the release of The Suicide Squad, gentlemen, with 15 minutes on the timer, what three characters should have been in the Suicide Squad in any medium whatsoever? And go. Uh, my number three, I'm putting in the Ten-Eyed Man, which is one of my favorite covers of all time. But uh, what a useless... He has an eye on each finger. Yes. <laughs> what, what, you're going to say that. And he's... And when, like, the bullet is streaking towards him, he can, like, go, like... He put his hands up, jazz hands, yes. and all, all ten eyes would, like, you know, pop open, like, oh, my God, I'm about to be killed. That'd be awesome. Yes. That'd be awesome, dude. Yeah, uh, I think that they defeated him by throwing him something hot or something that he had to grab. <laughs> I think that was how they defeated the character. But he has a great character design. I, I always throw, liked his character design. I gotta throw sand at him. You ever get a little bit of sand in your eye? Yeah, but if he keeps his hands closed. <laughs> but throwing him like a hot potato where he grabs it <laughs> and, he burns all, and he burns all his eyes. Because okay. I don't think they blink. I don't know. But I think you might have to dip them in water. Uh you go, Lance. No, <laughs> okay. I took this a little bit more seriously, but I, I, I've got a call. I've got a, I've got the, the the guys that you throw in there just because they're, they're obviously they're useless characters. You should just kill them. Oh, but see. I do have a couple of them. Uh, also, also to in, give them a little bit more exposure. I was going. Hey, if I was creating a Suicide Squad, I need people to actually be able to do stuff. Okay. Well. Okay. I've got a, I've got at least one like I, that. I, All right. I, but I, on, I, the same, <laughs> on the same on the same, and it just always seemed like there was a bunch of Firestorm villains. <laughs> that that ended up in the in the Suicide Squad, but there were two guys, and I always rem I don't remember what comic they were from. I want to say they were Firestorm villains, but I remember from the Who's Who of the DC Universe. There was Cannon and Saber, 
And Saber was, of course, the gun guy, and Cannon, of course, was the sword guy. <laughs> so somebody thought that was clever, and I, talk about just perfect cannon fodder. You need people to die. I, you, the whole pur- pur- purpose of the comic was that somebody's going to die in this in this issue, and man, oh man, talk about two guys that were like a one-trick pony. I, I think they're only in one issue or whatever. Put them in there, have uh, you know, have uh, have them get killed or whatever. Perfect. Okay. Okay, I'm going to go along that line to say Robin. <laughs> <laughs> now, what would Robin have to do to qualify to be in the Suicide well, Squad? He killed, uh, if you go Jason Todd, he threw a guy off, he killed a guy He's off. He's in the, the new Black Label. So So he he was, he was is he? Is yeah. He? So Red okay. Hood is in the Black Label. Red labels. Hood is in the Black Label okay. Suicide Dave, Squad Damon, as the leader. Dam- Damon Wayne has killed a lot of people, too. He's part of Assassin's so. Yes, but so, everybody likes Damien. So he can just pick a Robin, any Robin. Pick a Robin. <laughs> if we're going with who I want to join the team so they can die, yeah, Robin. Okay. Anyone but Dick Grayson. So, okay. I, you, you sent me down that road. I was not. It wasn't even on my list. But what was your actual one? No. Okay. Okay. Uh, my number two, Snowflame. He is a uh, New Guardians villain, which I'm not even going to go into that fucking story. But anyway, he derives his power from snorting cocaine. He's on like he's like on every single inappropriate uh, villain list, best worst villains ever (laughs) list type of thing. Yeah, Snowflame. So he does cocaine and he gets superpowers. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Your turn, Lance. Okay. Um, and and this one might be, uh, he's been in the more modern uh, Suicide Squad, so forgive me if he is, but um, in the, the Keith vein of, I took this a little seriously, I think of somebody that I'd really like to be in Suicide Squad, Manchester Black. Oh, yes. Uh, especially, uh, you know, okay, well, we're, we've got the, uh, the bomb in your head, and uh, if you, we, we, I'm sure they could write it where, if, okay, unless we shut it off, if you try using any of your, your psychic powers or whatever, it'll explode. But, I mean, talk about, like, a totally ruthless, ultra-powerful guy, you know, I, I, you got, I mean, you got to love a chain-smoking Brit in a trench coat type of thing. Yep. I mean, he's just, I, to me, he fits in perfectly, and... Why is it all the British characters smoke? And wear trench coats. And, and wear, wear trench, trench coats. coats. Uh, cause British guys smoke and wear trench coats. Uh, okay, okay, <laughs> I can buy into that. I, that's what we know of England. Uh, <laughs> that's pretty much all I know. But uh, excellent choice. Yes. All right, uh, Keith, what do you got? I will go uh, poison ivy. Ah, uh, that's a good one. Yeah, that's yeah, a talk about she's like you want to get some shit done. Yeah, she. She's been in Birds of Prey, but not the Suicide yeah, Squad. Yeah, so I, I think she I did, her with her Prey. abilities, she could fuck some people up. Yeah. Well, just like the whole... And she doesn't really respect human life because they're not plants. So, no. So she'd have no problem going into a country and taking out everybody. Yeah. Yeah, and like like her powers for black ops work or something yeah. like that. Talking like, oh, well, we need to kill this guy. Oh, well, I'll just have the, like, the plants in his office yeah. like yeah, kill exactly. him or something yep. like that. Make it look like an yeah. accident or something like that. That's freaking. That's actually a really good one. I like yeah. that. I went a little serious on this. No, that's wonderful. Uh, I went with characters I'd like to see 
die. No, they don't necessarily have to die. Uh, I just would like to see them. I think they could be used more. <laughs> Snowflake? <laughs> does he have a, does Wait. He, does he have a backpack of cocaine so he can repower up all of them? Wait. I think it's funny that you did that. Because my number one, and what a segue, is Blue Snowman. A Wonder Woman villain. From the 40s or 30s? From the 40s. <laughs> who is the Blue Snowman, but it's actually a woman. So it's a woman playing a man. Not oh. transgendered. Okay. Uh, but great, a great Golden Age villain that needs to come back. No, no, well, they, they don't. don't. They really don't. I mean, uh, g- granted, Ostrander could in his in his prime probably could have worked something <laughs> in and made him a really freaking cool character. Yeah, her, her, I, I, I him, her. You. you know what? Some of this is about the challenge of making them a cool character. Yeah, and uh, you go ahead and do that. You show me a good story with Blue Snowman. Yeah. It doesn't end. Uh, she's with, making a comeback. That doesn't end up with her in a snow cone. She's making a I, comeback. I don't see it. <laughs> What's your number your one? All right. Well, uh, talking about characters that I always and, and this is like the whole thing of uh, the, and especially what I loved about Ostrander is he took these these kind of. B characters and made them interesting. He gave Ron Tiger the redemption arc. He made Captain Boomerang a total bastard. He made Count Vertigo manic depressive. I mean, he just he took all these characters and they said, okay, well we don't care. You could do whatever you want with them. And he could, he literally could. Uh, he made characters that normally you wouldn't even give a second thought of really interesting and main characters. In the Enchantress book. was a big Enchantress. One. Yeah. I loved it. Um, there is a spider or a spider. Uh, there's a Batman villain, the Black Spider. Uh huh. Yes. Um, I think again in the heyday when I was reading Suicide Squad, when Ostrander and Carl Kiesel were doing it, they could have taken that character in so many different directions. They could have done the play on the Spider-Man origin and made him just a bad version of him. They could have. I mean, he's literally such a throwaway character. They could have. The way I always pictured him was they could have got you to like him and then killed him. Yeah. But again, just one of those characters where like. He's basically a kind of a watered down version of Spider Man, who was who had a vaguely interest. I think Neil Adams might have designed the costume or something. It was a very kind of a cool looking costume, kind of a take on on Spider Man. But you could have, again, I, I always rely on Ostrander to, to make these kind of secondary characters interesting. The Spectre and Matt Marshman and whatever. But I think properly done, he could have been one of the main guys ah, when you think of the nineties. Yes. You know, like like Bronze Tiger or Deadshot or something like that. But okay. yeah. Oh, I know, yeah, I know the character. I, I barely it's know interesting. it. It's just, again, it's one of those, I, I think I got his, his original appearance, like, because I saw him in, like, Who's Who's a Marvel Universe. I'm like, oh, he looks really cool. Okay. I got, I got, I went straight. People know these characters. Um, my number one, that's uh, what we're on, right? Number one. Yep. Uh, would be Deathstroke. Oh. Okay. Who, who better? He, the guy's taken on the Justice League by himself. Isn't he a one? Isn't he kind of that make him a one man Suicide Squad though? He worked with people too. I mean, oh no, yeah, he works. With- he, he he was he was actually in the army. He was he was commanding people. He he'd more or less be the Rick Flag yes. role yeah. or or the uh, if you want to go blood sport in the new movie, he sort of took over that role too. That's what he'd be. And yeah, 
He's got tactics. He's he just kicks ass. Well, and... He's I mean he's like the one of the deadliest guys in the DC universe. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so. that would be interesting. That would be interesting. Yeah. Not as interesting as the blue snowman. But... No, no, no. I I'd much more be afraid of the blue snowman came for me. Than Deathstroke the Terminator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yes. I they're see, on a, they're on the same. Level, I wouldn't Brian. see Deathstroke coming at me. I, they can I, be. I do, and, and Blue Snowman's just sitting in my lawn. And I walk by and I get a, I get a fuck. I, I get <laughs> I get a branch through the throat. I'm dead. Yeah, you don't even see it. Yeah, yeah. You don't even notice it. In, right. in July, I'm walking by my. <laughs> All right, we've got four and a half minutes here, boys. Yeah. All right. Okay. So, anyone get anything? I okay. So I'm gonna I'm gonna doctor rich my one of my honorable mentions here because I've always had a Suicide Squad squad story in my head. Yes. <laughs> I figure you did. So uh, I don't know at the time Russia <laughs> or you know China or somebody or uh, uh, Karak or one of the made up countries or whatever gets a their superhero who is an enemy of the United States is the equivalent of the Flash. Okay. You know, he's super, he's as fast as a flash, super speed, nobody can stop him. And Amanda Waller goes, well, we've got to, you know, this guy, and it's not the, he's not doing heroic, he's like doing black ops stuff, you know. So he's super, super fast and killing people oh, and stealing. Man. I sense a turtle coming. No. <laughs> so Amanda Waller goes, okay, this guy is the equivalent of the flash. We need somebody who can hang with him. Get me the fucking rogues. And the rogues gallery gets recruited by Task Force X to kill this super speedster. That's the equivalent of the Flash. They can't even take the Flash. Um, they could take. Uh... Professor Zoom was on the Suicide Squad. Oh, he was. Yeah. The modern incarnation. Okay. No, that would be. I mean, I don't know how you you keep him in check, but I mean, like he to me, I'd vibrate out of the bomb in my head or whatever. Yeah. But you know. Yeah, that'd cool. be a tough one. Yeah. <laughs> That would just be fun. To me, I, I, to me, it was always the rogues didn't kill Flash because they understood that there was that they were that this was all big the big game. You know, like we respect the Flash on a level. That's why we're not kill- like okay. You're telling us to you know to me that would be like Captain Cole going okay. We're pulling all those stops here. Yeah, Please, all the dirty tricks that we don't use on the Flash, we're going to use on this guy. And I was thinking about that and how interesting a story that would be to to see the rogues get bad at. Yeah, I mean to suddenly, because they they can be jokes in the exactly. comics, and then they can be they can be really well, good no, characters. And one of my in, in, in one of the the, uh, the original Oscar run, Captain Cold was in for a couple of issues, and they made him a total badass. And yeah. I've loved him ever since. Yeah, I, I I can see why the Rogues don't kill the Flash. Um, well, obviously, obviously they don't kill the Flash because then they bring down serious heat. You kill, you kill a Justice League member, you get all the Justice League after you. And I would think that they're smart enough to know that that's not what they want. They don't want to be in for murder. No. They want to be in well, for they robbery. Don't, they don't yeah. want, they don't yeah, want to be, they're going to they get don't want to be dead. Right. <laughs> right. But if they were able to unleash. And i got to throw in Crazy Colt, even though you've got a great Crazy Colt story. I have we the do. most brilliant Crazy Colt story. Is it crazy? Is that one you don't, don't want to share on mic? I'm or? not going to share on they're mic. Gonna I'll steal, tell you. They're going to steal it. I'll tell you. Um, but... Uh, Crazy Quilt would be fun. I like that character. And they used him in DC Superhero Girls as the principal of the high school. Okay. (laughs) Which I thought was a funny comeback uh, for that character. 
Um, Isn't he one of only one of Robin's rogues gallery? Like he hates yes. Robin. Yes, okay, he does. He would have made he would have made an interesting uh, in the movie. He would have been good. Yeah, uh, and you know what's funny because when they showed Kaleidoscope on one of the videos I watched, they said Crazy Quilt, and I was like, that's not Crazy Quilt. First of all, Crazy Quilt's not a woman, and secondly, that's not how Crazy Quilt looked. Um, <clears throat> but I would like to see Crazy Quilt on. I don't think he's as interesting as the Ten Eye Man. The ten, I love the Ten Eye Man. I, just, I, I have the picture. This, I have the panel of his death scene with all ten eyes, ten eyes wide open as the bullet heads toward him. But that, that's fucking that's genius. Dude. You gonna have the tattoo man too? Gotta pull some tattoos off of himself and. Uh, the what is it? Was it four six issue miniseries Ink? Okay. That yeah. came out during yeah, Final yeah, Crisis. Yeah. Hey, he was badass in that. I'm just saying. That would be a great character. Uh, you know what? There are villains, like when you well, you you talk about Deathstroke. I would love to see it, but at the same time, he's not B-level. Yeah, no, that's to me, like, the Suicide Squad has taken B or C-level characters and making them interesting. And, and I and I love when a writer can do that. Ostrander was brilliant on how he did that. And who is Jeff Johns? Does that also really well. All right, that's the top, top three members we wish around the Suicide Squad, including the Ten-Eyed Man. Let us know what you think. Tune in next week, Same Geek Time, Same Geek Podcast for all new, all different material. Thanks a lot for listening, and hey, keep on geeking on.